Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. These are your daily doses of a little bit of a recap of what happened on the day, as well as our opportunity to answer your questions. If you do have a question, feel free to send it to askjill at jillonmoney.com. And uh, remember, we sound a little bit weird. Maybe you notice it. If you've got some good headphones or headsets, you, you might notice that we sound different. Mark and I are actually in different locations right now. Uh, the broadcast center where we usually do this show is closed to any non-essential folks. And uh, although I think I'm essential to CBS, I'm not that essential. I don't need to go into the building where people are actually bringing the virus in. They say they cleaned it. I'm sure they did. Happier not to necessarily test that out. So it's been a crazy day. We are recording this. It is uh, 7.38 Eastern time on Tuesday. And we are coming off of a, a, a much better day than yesterday. Um, we'll drop this on Wednesday morning, but today, Tuesday, the Dow recouped about a third of those historic losses from Monday, gaining a thousand points or 5.2%. S&P up 6%, NASDAQ up 6.2%, Russell 2000, which has gotten hammered of late, up 6.6% for those of you who own those smaller stocks. And why do we turn higher? Well, a couple things that happened. The Fed stepped in, did a little bit more of uh, the unclogging of the financial drains. And also, we finally got some idea about what was going to happen from the federal government in terms of the going forward of a stimulus plan. It does look like with uh, Congress kind of acting at this point, we're going to have a three, what they call a three-phase stimulus plan. The first phase already signed. That was the $8.3 billion in emergency supplemental spending. Phase two looks like about $105 billion over 10 years. That's uh, based on the Joint Committee on Taxation's projections. This is the one that you heard about last Friday where uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin came to a deal, including employer tax credits for paid sick days, emergency leave for employees, uh, beefing up a little bit of the uh, Medicaid program and the SNAP programs. But it's really the phase three that caught everyone's attention. Looks like a trillion dollars in stimulus spending. We only had about, I think, seven, some $760 billion in the bailout back in the uh, financial crisis era. So this is more than that. But it looks like that there's going to be cash assistance, probably about $250 billion, maybe a $1,000 check coming your way if you don't make too much money, industry bailouts for airlines and the hospitality sectors, and $250 billion in loans for small businesses. Now, we really need to see the details, right? But this does look like some positive movement going forward. So that's what happened today. And now, well, let's talk about your questions. That's what you want to know. Remember. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com is our email address. And Caroline writes, my husband and I have most of our savings in the stock market, 65 stocks, 35% bonds. We have a small amount in accessible savings. My husband is retired and I'm not currently working. We've lost quite a bit in the last month, as I'm sure everyone else has. We are now below our original investment by $13,000. We are anxiety ridden to say the least. Do we call it quits with the market and put what we have left in savings or a CD until the market settles down? 
or do we leave it alone? And if we do that, what happens when our original investment gets to zero? I know you're quite busy, especially now. We would appreciate any advice you could offer. All right, Caroline, I mean, I don't know exactly how much money you have in this account, but let's be clear. This is not a time to make a big change to your allocation. And if you don't need the money anytime soon, then I would probably like you to leave it alone. That said, you know, you are tilted towards a more aggressive portfolio than somebody who's not working too much um, would probably have. You know, you are tilted more towards growth. But that's not the problem here. I mean, the real problem is that it looks like you took on more risk without really understanding what that meant. So here's what I would like to ask you, Caroline. Do you need this money anytime soon? If not, try to leave it alone. If you do need money in the next 12 months, maybe you should free some of it up. But if you really don't, let's not try to time the market. Let's not go there. You don't need to do that. So hopefully you don't need the money. And then we can readjust your allocation, you know, maybe by the end of this year. And that way, what we can hopefully do is make a pinky swear with each other. And here's the pinky swear. The swear is, if I change this to a 50-50 portfolio, 50 stocks, 50 bonds, I am not going to chase the market higher when it recovers. Otherwise, you could just leave it as is. But I don't love changing allocations midstream. There was some reason you were doing that. So let's try to keep it as is. Jeff writes, I am perplexed and I need help. I've done everything right. At least I thought I did. I have a good, here we go, another 65-35 split, stocks, bonds, in my portfolio. Of the bonds, two-thirds are in actual bonds themselves, meaning individual bonds. The remaining in bond exchange-traded funds. They are short-term and corporate exchange-traded funds from Vanguard. And he gives me the symbols. I get that stocks are tanking, but why are my bond ETFs tanking as well? And then he writes, with the Fed's reduction in interest rates and everyone flocking, or supposedly to bonds in times of crisis, why are my bond ETFs dropping along with the overall market? Shouldn't they be rising? All right, now you're getting a good lesson in this very specific concept. Not all bonds are created equal. Corporate bonds are getting hammered because when you see a big downturn, there is a fear that a lot of these corporations will not be able to repay the bonds. Remember, what's a bond? It's a loan to a company uh, or a loan to a municipality or a loan to the US government. The bond prices that are going up it's not bonds, it's United States treasuries, two-year, 10-year, 30-year. That's where you've seen the great price appreciation. And a lot of people who get scared dump anything that has risk in it. So when the bonds that he owns, which is a total corporate bond fund, you see it basically is a broad diversified exposure to investment-grade U.S. corporate bonds. So what I think is important is that these should come back when we come on the other side of this. I'm not saying they will, but short-term corporates are not the same as short-term treasuries. And they probably won't rise, but that's okay as long as you don't need the money. But what you really need to understand is that bonds can absolutely have risk. We've learned that now, and you've learned that. Um, the trade-off is you get paid more interest to carry that risk. Okay? 
All right, Jason from Chicago writes that he and his wife are fortunate enough to be able to continue to spend money as their companies have gone to full work from home. Given this, my wife and I are trying to keep paying for certain local small business services, dog walker, barber, groomer, to do our part to keep the economy moving. Is there a sweet spot on how much economic activity we should attempt to have in these times? That's such a nice message. Um, I would love to just give a plug to one of our form, one of our prior guests, Neil Irwin, who was a guest on our program a while back. He's a writer at the New York Times. His upshot column is so smart. He wrote this great column called One Simple Idea that explains why the economy is in great danger. Now, I don't want to go nuts. I'm not saying we're like going into the worst recession of ever, but what you're bringing up is this idea that you want to try to sort of make up for the spending that's lost. And Neil's thesis in this article is that you probably can't because the money that you spend is nice. It's just like the money we spend in the grocery store is great. It's going to count towards retail sales, but it won't make up for what we're not doing. I would say keep doing what you're doing. I did the same thing. I ran, had to go back and forth to the city. I'm not in the city right now. I'm out on Long Island. And uh, I dropped off an envelope to my dog walker because my dogs are not there right now. And so I dropped off two weeks worth of dog walks to him to make sure he could maybe have some spending money. I think these are nice things to do, but really the big picture, what we need is the government to come in with some real support for those who are going to suffer the most. So Jason, the sweet spot is don't spend too much, conserve some of your cash, but do what you need to do to take care of the people around you as well. So thanks so much. That's a great note and it's a good way to end. Uh, we're delighted to do these podcasts and we really want to encourage you to send us your questions, especially if you need a little hand-holding. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you actually are on the website and you're poking around, that website is jillonmoney.com. You can uh, click the contact button. Tell your friends to su subscribe to us because you're probably subscribing to us. You can subscribe to Jill on Money on Apple, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google Play, anywhere else you find your favorite podcast. Pass it along. Leave us a rating and a review. Mark says that you guys are liking what we're doing here on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't know if I can do this every day. Mark's going to make me do it. I have a sense. All right. Let's just leave it at that. We're happy to be here. We're happy to be in this with you. Take care of yourself. Don't kiss anybody. Don't shake anyone's hand. And don't gather with uh, groups of more than 50. Maybe not even groups of 10. Who knows? Take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.